A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. It's a round ball rock, take it or break it, fast break breakfast crossover, starring Dave Schilling, Bob Cousy. Corbin A. Smith, Skeeter Henry, Dominique Wilkins, Joey Devine, Daryl Floyd, Frank Selby, Keith Parrish, Tom Sherry, Sean Keane, Musical guest, Destroyer. And now, the temporary host of Round Ball Rock and the permanent host of Take It or Break It, Corbin A. Smith. All right, okay. Welcome to Take It or Break It, the sports takes game show of your dreams, your nightmares. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. With us today, three friends of the program with podcasts of their own from uh, Fast Break Breakfast. It is Keith Parrish. Keith, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Corbin. How are you? I'm well. Keith is taking care of a crying baby. That's right. So if that's the kind of energy you're looking for out of your podcast, it's take it or break it, bitch. <laughs> uh, and from the Round Ball Rock podcast, it is Joey Devine. Hi. And Sean Keen. Sean, how are you doing? Hey, how's it going, guys? Sean is also taking care of a child right now. Yes. Uh, I'm not. I'm me and Joey aren't. We're uh, we're uh, we uh, we found the we find the affection of children uh, revolting. Joseph and myself. Speak for yourself, son. Uh, oh, wow, pardon kids, me. Kids love Joey Devine. I'll, I'll say Is that. Is this right true? Now. Yeah, 
I'm pretty good with kids. Yeah. All right. I'm a little. I'm worried that I'm a little too like uh, Aspergersy to be good at it. You know what I mean? Corbs. Corbs. Kids love a heavy blanket and also talking about eating ass. Oh no, I'm gonna get kicked off of, gar- of directing Guardians of the Galaxy three for that joke. Oh, I'm so sorry. Wow. Again, we again. we'd almost sold Round Ball Rock to Disney, and then this happens. If they if they replace James Gunn with uh, with Taika. I think some good will have been done, you know? I'd be like, ah, you played yourself. Now I'm going to like the movie even more. Yeah. They should let Cernovich direct it. Yeah. Just see what he can do. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with it. I'm with it, yeah. There's no way there's a problematic tweet in that guy's past. No, no, no fucking clue. No way. He's Lily White. <laughs> Somehow, like, Groot says something besides I am Groot. And yeah, he like, says I am the, Pizzagate. It's the 14 words of the clan oath. <laughs> <laughs> like, Whoa! You're not even white. Why is... Uh, anyway, so what we're doing today is a uh, episode of Take It or Break It where we are doing a uh, a broad spectrum trivia throwdown, people. Uh, one sec, one sec, one sec. Uh, Google Play Books. What I have done is purchased a copy, a digital copy of 1001 Basketball Trivia Questions by Dale Raiderman and uh, Brian Brosey. Dale, you're more than welcome to be on the show. And I've used a random number generator uh, to uh, pick uh, a series of questions that I will ask our contestants. A correct answer in this uh, in this episode will be worth three points, and you will all have a chance to offer a brief tape on the to- take on the topic. What's we- happening right now? <laughs> what? <laughs> There's just a lot of uh, shuffling. Shuffle? Yeah, I gotta take out the. I gotta take out my uh, thing to uh, write the score down. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> you think I just? You think I just uh, make shit up? No, I, I'm, here, I'm here taking scores, baby. And uh, and uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So correct answers worth three points, and uh, takes can be worth up to five points. Do we all understand? I sure do. Yes, Sean. absolutely. <laughs> all right. Yeah, and we all know how to buzz that. We've all been on the show before, so I suspect we all know how to buzz in. Pizzagate. Yep. Fair, close enough. All right. Question. Number 999 in the 1001 basketball trivia questions is the 2013-14 season was the 18th for Kobe Bryant, all with the Lakers. Who is the only player to spend all 19 years of his career with the same team? Keith. Sean. Uh, Keith. Was it John Stockton? It is John Stockton on the Utah Jazz. Stockton was the best point guard of his generation. Colossally let down over and over by Carl Malone, who sucked. Let's get some John Stockton takes. Keith, you first. Uh, I think his greatest assist was never uh, helping out with any statutory rape of his teammate, Carl Malone. He yeah, that... <laughs> uh, had notoriously large hands, I just read recently. Maybe it was Gary Payton calling him the maybe the best competitor he'd ever played against. So, uh... 
John Stockton, your best help was not on the court. It was uh, avoiding things off the court. <laughs> uh, two points for Keith. Joey. Uh, I, John Stockton's fine or whatever, but I do think he is uh, – his son, David Stockton, is proof that NBA nepotism exists and is uh, horrible and we should abolish it in the NBA. Uh, David was a- Stockton was a shitty college player and he's a shitty NBA player and the only reason he's in the league is because he's John Stockton's son. Joey, that he was, was a feel-good story. A uh, feel-good like the- story. How's that a son feel-good of an story? NBA player millionaire. How's that a good contract? That's not a feel-good story. Nobody feels good about Megan McCain's success. <laughs> <laughs> Three points, Joey. Sean Keane. Uh my favorite John Stockton story is uh, when the Dream Team was playing in Barcelona. Uh, Stockton like took a camcorder out and was just walking around in his normal clothes. And it was at first it was like, "Ha ha! No one knows this guy's on the basketball team, even though the Dream Team's the biggest deal in the world." But by the end, like you can tell, it starts to just psychologically weigh on him that literally no one knows who he is, and it's like no longer a prank but like kind of an existential crisis and uh he's wearing extremely short shorts during his uh, he, did, he was well. wearing very short shorts let's go two points for that take question 42 which wow city's defunct nba team was defunct professional basketball team was named the steamrollers the steamrollers uh, Keith. Keith. How about Pittsburgh? I'm sorry, it is not Pittsburgh. Sean. Sean. Uh, Seattle. I'm sorry, it is not Seattle. Uh, <laughs> Joey. Uh, let's go with um, uh, Charlotte. I'm sorry, it is not Charlotte. It is Providence, Rhode Island. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Steamrollers, who had a pretty fucking cool logo, played in the Basketball Association of America, precursor to the NBA. As of 2018, uh, the Steamrollers remain the last professional for- sports franchise from one of the big four leads to be based in Rhode Island. George Nostrand, a 6'8 forward who played for Miami, was the tallest player in the league during the NBA's inaugural season. He played for the Steamrollers. Also, the team has the all-time NBA, ABA, NBL, BAA, least games won record with six in the 47-48 season. Six games. They did not play 82 games in fairness. The Bobcats actually have a worse percentage than they do, but... Uh, this, that, the other. Uh, the franchise posted an all-time record of 46 and 122. Uh, but once again, pretty cool logo. Uh, Sean, do you have a take on the steamrollers? I just have to say, from what I know about Providence and in particular the ill-fated Hialeah boom of the 80s, uh, Providence sports are always super mobbed up. And so steamrollers literally sounds like they're <laughs> celebrating disposing a body. You know, like like it's the pre-Jimmy Hoffa buried at Giant Stadium thing where it's just like, yeah, we're using the steamrollers to, to get rid of some mistakes, you know. But probably it was too early for cocaine. Uh, Four-point take, Keen. Uh, Keith. 
Uh, I'm just glad Providence has given us the, the steamrollers and the Fairley brothers. And that exhausts my entire knowledge of Providence, Rhode Island. No points. Joey. <laughs> you said the tallest guy in the league was 6'8"? Yep. Dude, if you put Anthony Randolph in a time machine and sent him back to the Providence steamrollers, uh, we'd live in a totally different world, dude. He would have been like... banned from playing. Yeah, he would have been He would have been jailed, actually, after, like, two practices. <laughs> Uh, Look, those 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 guys just want to see a seven foot athlete cry while playing a basketball game. That's all they want to see. Uh, uh, three points, Joey. I'm I'm just because I'm always in favor of sending Anthony Randolph back in time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 question number nine hundred and eleven. You will never forget. This never question. forget. Uh, well, we've had nine ninety nine forty two. And uh, at 9-11, we're going to get 69 next. This random number here, number yeah. two, cool as hell. Uh, before his parents could complete their immigration from Russia to the United States, World War II intervened. Which player spent six years as a child in a Japanese concentration camp? What? Which NBA player spent six years as a child in a Japanese concentration camp? Sean. Sean. Bob Cousy. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was not Bob Cousy. Did Bob Cousy fight in the war? Do you guys know that? He's too. Uh, he's too young to have fought that war. All right. He was trying to. Although I love that he went to the Celtics because. He was gonna buy like a car dealership, and they were like, "Oh, well, he can't. He can't go to that team that drafted him. He's got a small business to operate." Uh, the answer, unless you got, unless one of the other George Mikan. I'm sorry, it's not Mikan. Uh, the answer is Tom Meshery. Uh, oh wow! Oh, uh, wow. Or Meshery. Meshery. Birth name: uh, uh, Tomislav Nikolovich uh, Meshrikanovich. They changed it because of anti-Soviet uh, uh, <laughs> sentiment. Uh, moved to the United States after the war. He led the league in personal fouls in 1963, and he was an all-star in 1966. His number, 14, is retired by the Golden State Warriors, and he was a member of the inaugural Seattle Supersonic Squad. Uh, yeah. Joey Devine, do you have a take on Tom Meshery? Uh, sure. When, you go to Warrior, when I would go to Warrior games as a child... Uh, and you'd look up at the retired numbers, you'd be like, okay, Rick Barry, I know who that is. Wilt Chamberlain, I know who that is. Who the fuck is Tom Macheri? Well, he was a prisoner of war. <laughs> yeah. So, so pretty that's fucking good to know. disrespectful. Keith, Tom Macheri takes. I got nothing. I'm disappointed Sean or Joey didn't know who he was, but with his numbers hanging in the rafters with the Warriors. Uh, I guess if he if he would have kept his uh his 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 birth name, he would have had more uh, characters in his last name than Giannis Antetokounmpo. So he could have held that record, I think. Um, yeah, one point. Uh, Joey, you got three, by the way. Sean. Yeah. I I just like the idea that this dude's playing in the '60s with probably just the 50s and 60s with just like the worst alcoholic screaming coaches of all time and i'm sure his teammates are just like oh that guy's a dick and he, the whole time he's just like yeah it's not that bad 
I guess he's not hitting me with a cane <laughs> made of bamboo. I'm like, oh, this this food sucks on the road, and he's like, yeah, could be worse. Sorry, could be three, worse. three points. <laughs> Uh, next question, number 579. Who are the two Furman players among the top 10 on the Division One all-time scoring average list? Furman? Furman. The... And this is the college scoring list. Furman Paladins, maybe? No, just, mm. you know, the Fur- Furman's uh, team. No, yes, it is a college list. The Divi- the NCAA Division One all time scoring list. Uh, Sean. Sean. Uh, Smith. I'm sorry, Smith <laughs> is not the answer. That's but that's a sporkle style guess right there. <laughs> Can either of you guys gin up a fake answer? No. Yeah. No. Uh, the answer is Frank Selvi and Daryl Floyd. Uh, Selvi, who was born in Corbin, Kentucky, uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> scored a scored hundred points in a single NCAA game in 1954, and was a two-time NBA All-Star. Uh, Daryl Floyd was the second player to repeat as NCAA scoring champion, but he didn't end up playing pro hoops because the job he had selling heavy machinery paid more. Oh, that's oh. tight. So good. <laughs> Who has takes on Frank Selvi and Daryl Floyd? Keith. Uh, Selvi and Floyd, I think, sounds like a very successful heavy machine shop they could have opened. So I think maybe they did they did right based on their options. Also, I think Furman might be a rival of Davidson. Uh, so they probably also hate Steph Curry. So they're okay by me. All right. Hey, three points. Uh, Divine. Frank Selvi and Daryl Floyd sound like uh, fake cops from, like, an 80s TV show where it's like, Selvi and Floyd don't play by any rules. Uh, let's go two points on that one. Keen. Um, you know, I you see it sometimes with international opportunities, but I love the idea of a player opting out of the NBA because he has a higher-paying job. And I, I was just trying to imagine how that could possibly exist. And it just would have to be a guy who's selling, like, Zach Randolph levels of weed. Like, like I think if Al Harrington had incorporated his, like, medicinal marijuana business earlier, he could have been uh, his generation's Daryl Floyd, I think. Uh, yeah, points. or it's like if Larry Sanders was like, uh, I'm going to sell Bitcoin Sorry, Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> well, there, it's possible that, that a guy on the Kings could make that transaction this year, right? Isn't Vivek mining Bitcoin? He is, yeah. The Kings mine Bitcoin. They now. actually they yeah. actually attach uh, uh, power generators to all the players so that they could... Yeah. <laughs> if, you sit, if you're sitting on the bench, you're, gr- you're grinding on it. You're grinding yeah. on uh, obscure yeah. equations it, to produce... It's right. uh, <laughs> It's right. It's why they drafted so many big men. They're the only people strong enough to carry the like amount of hard drives they have the built into the uniforms now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that giant wheel and loss that only a polar bear could push. <laughs> uh, That's Harry Giles' job now. <laughs> uh, two points, Keen. Uh, you know, you could have like started a tech company in college or something. 
or you know, yeah. inadvertently invested in a tech company while you were. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking like like Jeremy Lin could have had a shot at that because he's he's like from Palo Alto and he went to Harvard. Yeah. What in the hell is that noise? There was a plane going over. Wait, really? A helicopter, excuse me. Oh. Joey's in a Bosch neighborhood. There's a lot of police action. Yeah. I mean, they film Bosch in my neighborhood. Joey, would you go as far to say that you have a feeling that you can't let go? I I would, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Bosch is like the perfect amount of boring to watch when you have to do something else. Like like have sex. Oh man, I haven't tried that, but now it's on my bucket list. <laughs> it's called boshing. He just he just has to yell at somebody about Frank Musso and Franks and then uh yeah. <laughs> Actually he's gonna go to Daryl and Franks this year as a tribute to <laughs> College. Is what what the fuck is Daryl and Franks a uh, hot dog stand in Los Angeles? No, there's a there's a restaurant called Musso and Frank's that's like an old Hollywood restaurant that is Bosch's favorite restaurant. Yeah. Why doesn't Bosch go to like a good restaurant? It's a good restaurant. Have you eaten there? Have you eaten there? Yeah. Fine. What'd you have for breakfast today, Keith? Whatever breakfast I had. uh, Thanks for uh, continuing the tradition. Trying to remember, I want to say noodles. Just like uh, you had noodles. noodles that I was fe- I end up just eating the food that I'm giving my child. Oh, so uh, Jesus. Yeah. it was like some plain noodles, maybe maybe some some cut up blueberries. Yeah, cut up blueberries and noodles. Good God, divine! What'd you have for breakfast? I had a yellow Red Bull and a Camel Light. Oh my God! There we go. <laughs> Revolting, Joey man, buy a jewel. It's uh... <laughs> It's hard. It's hard for me to hear about you killing yourself, man. Keen, what did you have for breakfast? Uh, I haven't eaten anything today. I had some water. Uh, Sorry. I had uh, uh, two bagels, one sesame seed, and one jalapeno, and then I came home and I had an RX bar. I've uh, I've fed this child a lot of food, and she is currently eating lunch next to me. I'm sitting outside a soup plantation, by the way. A soup plantation. Yeah. What is really that? Really hideous name for a restaurant. It's awful. <laughs> it's it couldn't be worse. I would say it couldn't be worse. It's like a salad bar place. Um, it's like like a, like a soup and salad, a super salad. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like uh, a super it, crackers. A super crackers, it, right? It's like uh, oh, it's ninety-two degrees in LA. What could make eating soup less more appealing? What if we also uh, brought up slavery? <laughs> yeah, it's like I I don't think it's any different from like a sweet tomatoes or anything, but just the name is it's a little off putting. Hey, I but, got uh, hey, I got some sweet tomatoes right here. Oh, hey, is sweet uh, tomatoes also a super crackers? Yes. <laughs> okay, I don't. I, we don't have these things in Tennessee. I, I've never heard of a. You guys have Panera it's like bread a yet? Sizzler minus the steak. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tiny children are free at the supermarket, though. So uh, <laughs> I'm I'm sitting I'm sitting near the child, but outside the restaurant. I had someone is watching the child. I yeah. Anyway, um, do you uh, what was I saying? Do you have Panera bread in in uh, Tennessee yet? Oh yeah, we got lots of Panera breads. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah. no. So many Panera yeah, breads. Yeah, we, we, we got those everywhere. Would you describe it as a troubling amount of Panera breads? <laughs> yes, that's uh, 100% correct. Panera is just one of the more disappointing places you can end up eating. Because I feel like I will get a breakfast there, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I want a breakfast. And I get it, and it is always disappointing, and I always feel stupid for having my hopes uh, raised. I'm so sorry. Are you okay even thinking about it? Um, it's kind of – No. I'm kind of turned off right now. <laughs> uh, I have an, I have another trivia question. I, I, we, we had some bullshit chat there because I got through those first few questions a little quicker than I meant to. Because <laughs> oh, there's only a thousand of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, we but I, but I, time. but I, you know, I looked them up. I wrote stuff down. You know, I've got like content. You know. I like wrote content. For oh, because you have you have notes. Yes. Yeah, I have notes. Yeah, because you know, because if I just say the answer and I go boo, I don't know, and the audience doesn't like learn anything from these, and I want the audience to like come away feeling nourished. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Nourished. Ugh. Stop it. <laughs> nourished. Okay. Uh, next question: four hundred and seventy-seven. Which university squad plays in Lloyd Noble Center? Lloyd Noble Center. You guys just like know nothing about college basketball? Uh, that is yes. Sean. Sean. Missouri. I'm sorry, it is not Missouri. Uh, Joey. Joey. Louisville. I'm sorry, it is not Louisville. <clears throat> So, Rick Pitino, of course, coached. Famous Italian restaurant sex enthusiast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rick also, Pitino. Papa John is the primary athletic booster. Oh, yes, of course. You think Papa well, John they... likes to uh, bang in a restaurant? Uh, I, I think Papa, Papa John... John is like a super sexual being. Do you so think Papa John thinks of himself as... A... what? Keith, do you have a guess? Oh, sure. Uh, Wake Forest. I'm sorry, it's not Wake Forest. Also, do you think Papa John fucks? Uh, I think he's too concerned about trying to buy his way back onto the board of, of his company. Very succession, so I, finally, you know. Yeah. Do you watch Succession, Keith? I don't. Keen, you watch it, right? I do. I'm caught up now. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not caught up. I just watched the uh, Thanksgiving episode. Oh. Where the craziest shit that I've maybe seen happen in a TV show happens. Uh, everybody uh, should watch the session. Go one episode further. Oh. And it's... I, pardon me. Pardon me. The, uh, hey, I, I just say every scene with Tom and Greg. Oh <laughs> yeah, God. Tom and Greg are, are legends. Uh, <coughs> Joey, have you ever wanted to see uh, Macaulay Culkin's brother uh, jerk off onto a window? Not particularly, no. Well, then uh, maybe Succession is. Not for you. <laughs> anyway, it's uh, Oklahoma. Uh, uh, Lloyd Noble was an oil baron whose company still exists to this day. It's publicly traded and uh, uh, poisoning our air and wrecking our environment. So tight. Uh, Keith, so do you sick. have a take on Oklahoma basketball or Lloyd Noble? Yeah, uh, Oklahoma basketball. I actually was surprised Lloyd Noble was one person. I thought we that was a 
two last names. It would names, be like the Lloyd, no, the Lloyd Dash Noble Center. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. like like a heavy machinery type company, the Lloyd Noble uh, Machine Company, or like a Thomas and Mac. I guess there's an and there. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma basketball, but never been in better hands now with Dennis Schroeder coming to save the Thunder. So uh, <laughs> I think I think things are looking up. Fracking prices uh, still going strong. Uh, economy is, you know, being bolstered by the federal government. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar good. with this president we got right now. But uh, he's really uh, he's really greasing the wheels. Uh, uh, I know he loves oil. Uh, three points for Keith. Sean. So, my favorite Oklahoma basketball thing is, uh, so they, they had this, like, monster team in 1988 that had Stacy King and I think Mookie Blaylock was on the team too. Uh, and this they they faced the Danny Manning, Kevin Pritchard Kansas team. And one of the reasons they were able to to pull the upset is that Oklahoma didn't use their bench at all. Like they just played their starters all twenty minutes in the first half, and then just got tired at the end of the game, which is so insane. Uh, that you would just not take anyone out, and that was what Billy Tubbs did in the championship game. Just like sorry, Billy now, Tubbs. Don't have to re- Is it Billy Tubbs? Was that his name? Tubbs. I think I think you're right. So, yes. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and it was the team that had like it was like Stacy King, Harvey Grant was on that team, Mookie Blaylock, and I I don't know why they uh, didn't sub anybody, but it was hilarious that they did that and lost. It was like the proto. Dan Tony, basically. Uh, three points. Joey Devine. Uh, I'm excited to see what Lloyd Noble. Noble? Lloyd Noble? Uh-huh. Is that what it was? I'm excited to see what Lloyd Noble has to do. Uh, how he does coaching the Atlanta Hawks instead of uh, Coach Bud this year. Yeah, Lloyd jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Did they fire Budenholzer? Yeah, he's, he's on, on the he's Bucks, Bucks baby. Coach. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Why the fuck did they fire Budenholzer? Budenholzer, they quit. let him go. Yeah, he, he kind of want wanted to go somewhere for, else. Because oh. they're, they're uh, this whole offseason, they've just been tanking to save minimal amounts of money. Mm. I think the ownership is like facing a, a cash call or something. Um. They're not tanking anymore. They got Vince Carter. Yeah, hell yeah! Oh, wow, are that's. <laughs> are you kind of annoyed that your team didn't sign Vince Carter? Yeah, always. Uh, I wanted him last year. I don't really want him this year. Oh my god, gross! He tried to kill Patrick McCaw. Good. Oh yeah, that was dirty. Uh, I, what about what about you, Keith? Or are you Vince Cartered out? I am kind of Vince Cartered out. I feel like someone should step in though, because he has that weird obsession with like nineteen-year-olds on his team. <laughs> All right, yeah, you can go ahead and talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he built the house for Deontay Davis. He built, he built a room in his house for Deontay Davis. And yeah. then it, like, came out where Deontay Davis is like, no, I never went to that, that room. Which, good. This is a 41-year-old man. And then the Hawks, like, on the Woj tweet where it says he's going to the Hawks, it says the Hawks want him around his young, their young locker room. I don't know, man. So I, I think the Grizzlies have something good going. I, I like the guys we got. We got, we got Garrett Temple, Kyle Anderson. Like fine, upstanding gentlemen. Hmm. I'm, yeah. I'm a little nervous of this of this Vince Carter guy. God, God our forbid. Year olds. God what forbid. What you want y- Vince Carter on your team when you have Kyle Anderson? <laughs> oh yeah. 
<laughs> Kyle Anderson, born to be a grizzly, by the way. Real, you know, just just real, real serendipitous, I would say. Have you guys seen that Vince Carter documentary? Uh, no, no. Which one? The Carter Effect. It's on Netflix. Uh, it was produced by Uninter- Uninterrupted, and I swear to God. There is a there's a ten minutes in it that is the most LeBron James shit ever in it, where it's like they spend ten minutes talking about a bar that Vince Carter opened up in Toronto, like it was like he opened up relations between the U.S. and Canada. They're like, you see, people didn't go out in Toronto until Vince Carter opened up this bar. <laughs> is that and even true? Like, Isn't Toronto like a famous party city? Yes! Also famously cosmopolitan. Like, like maybe if he was playing in Toronto, like right after the War of 1812, that would have been a time Toronto didn't really have a nightlife. In fairness, like he's been in the league had... for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah, like... they're broad electricity to Ontario maybe yeah, yeah they like had a professional baseball team for 20 years like they interview like, the I'm... bottle service lady and she's like rappers and athletes never used to come to Toronto until Vince Carter opened up this club is it I still mean, open to me to be fair yeah weren't there when were there rappers in Canada like <laughs> early to midnight like snow it could have just been snow that was the reason for this. She, she actually, she was actually mistaking Sloan for rappers. <laughs> it's also very weird that that it's like Toronto was this staid, like boring city when they actually had to make renovations at the Sky Dome because people in the outdoor hotel just kept having sex against the windows, and like fans <laughs> could see it. So it was like a pretty crazy, wild. I mean. And that's in a baseball game. Like it's the it's, it's the, the Paris of it's the Paris sport. of North America. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's so LeBron James to be like in the middle of this documentary where we're talking about the impact this guy had on basketball in Canada that we have to talk about how good a businessman he is for ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, and he made it he made it so wild that that it only took him twenty years. To build up the street cred to sign a great free agent like Damari Carroll. <laughs> now NBA players love Toronto. Uh, <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, yeah. G- good talk, guys. Uh, question number 23. Michael, Michael Jordan's number, of course. Uh, not his real number. His real number is 45 because it's his death number. <laughs> uh, death is the only real thing, baby. Uh, the Sioux Falls Sky Force are the D League affiliate of which NBA Keith. squad? Keith. Miami Heat. Yes, Keith. It is the Miami Damn. Heat. Uh, the Sky Force were a CBA team until 2006. Did you guys know that? Uh, I did not. Notable no. alumni include Malcolm Lee, Andrew Goudlock, Alexis Ajinka, and in the CBA days, Roy Tarpley, fucking Daryl Dawkins, and Skeeter Henry. Well, that's the most cocaine team ever. Yeah. <laughs> I Well, Skeeter Henry, I don't even know who that is, but hey, Me fun either. name. I believe Roy Tarpley was playing in the CBA because he was banned from the NBA. Uh, yes, this is the case, because <laughs> yeah. he enjoyed drugs and alcohol too much. Uh 
Uh, Keith, do you have a take on any of the topics that have been brought up as we discuss the Sioux Force Skyfall? Skyfall Sioux Force. The Skyfall like Sioux Force. Well, I do like that the Sioux Falls Sky Force are incredibly far away from Miami, and there's literally no way to get there. It takes, it takes two days of travel, as opposed to some other NBA teams that have like their D-League team that share the building with them. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy that. I also believe Tyler Johnson spent some time on the Sky Force, and I love Tyler Johnson for his uh, refusal to fix his uh, broken grill, as in doesn't mind that he's missing teeth, uh, doesn't mind that he looks like a Civil War general, which I, I appreciate. Uh, and also uh, Daryl Dawkins. I last night bought a Daryl Dawkins shirt uh, off the internet. So oh, this is great synergy. Uh, I didn't know he's a Sioux Falls Sky Force, and I'm pretty excited about it. For, who'd you buy it from? Uh, well, I don't want to say their name to give them a free plug. I guess I will. Their, uh, uh, Homage was having a, a, a $12 sale, mm-hmm. so I bought a $12 Daryl Dawkins shirt. Oh, I might have, nice. to, might have to scope that out myself. Yeah. Uh, let's go two points on that take. Joey. Uh, D-League team names are so fucking dope, dude. Like, the Fort Wayne Mad Ants, the Sioux Falls Sky Force, the Agua Caliente Clippers. Let's joke about that last one. Uh, <laughs> I wish more teams were named after weird fucking... Like, isn't... Keith, isn't the Memphis team, like, the Memphis Go-Go or something? Like, or that's the Washington, oh, that's, that's Washington, Washington. Capital City yeah. Go-Go. The Memphis... Yeah. They're, the, they're the Hustle, as I recall. Yeah, the Hustle yes. is also dope. Like, why do we have these cool names and then we get the Thunder, the Oklahoma City Thunder, the most boring uh, team name slash uh, uniforms anyone can imagine? What's the okay? Oh, the oh no, the Oklahoma City Thunder's D League team is the only one that has a lamer name, though. <laughs> They're the Oklahoma City Blue. Ugh. Oh, nice. <laughs> Well, the Spurs are the Spurs, I think. Uh, yes, they are the Austin Spurs. They, t- they turn the Toros into the Spurs. To yeah, that's bo- to make it more boring. Toros is Toros is rad. Uh, well, South they're... Bay Lakers hate it. The, St- yeah. the Stockton Kings. Come on, you don't want to expand the Kings brand. <laughs> they I like just name like... them after a pavement song. They're from Stockton. Come on. Oh yeah, that'd be so dope. The Stockton. Uh, Gold sounds with a Z. Yeah, that would be <laughs> really yeah. tight. The, bu- the Bucks have the herd. I don't think it makes sense in any form of like. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's not a. But they anyway. a herd of deer. That that notorious pack animal. They do. They did make the uh, the Bucks logo. They just made it in triplicate, so it's a three-headed looking deer monster. It looks like Cerberus, and mm-hmm. that's the Wisconsin herd logo. So I'm kind of a fan of that. Uh, just because it's so horrifying. Reminds me of that incredible, uh, <laughs> that Thomas awful viral tweet as well. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, his name is Alex Saki. You know. I just wanted the listeners to be able to go directly to the man, source. You don't want to, you don't want to see his shitty tweets. Uh, Those are good tweets, man. Yeah, Alex has good tweets. At Thomas Awful, hit him up. He refuses to be on this show except once. Uh, this has been Alex Sakig talk. Uh, uh, t- uh, three points, Joey. Good take. Uh, Sean. Thank you. Uh, so I have, a, I have a two-part take. One of them is that I think the distance between Sioux Falls and Miami proves that Pat Riley is running a reverse Logan's Run situation in Miami and just simply does not care for young people. Uh, but also, <laughs> I wonder if they, like, 
if they like thought of Skyforce and they made the logos and the t-shirts came out and then someone like looked at them and was like, isn't that just the Air Force? And they're like, oh, we, right. <laughs> that's what that's what a Skyforce is. They, right. It's been around for a while. Ah, Good take, idiots. Good take, Sean. Three points. What uh, what NBA team would change their D League their G League team name to the Space Force? Could we get maybe the uh, Rockets, baby? Yeah, the, the Rockets. The, the, the Magic? Oh, the oh the Rockets. That, yeah, that come on, that is yeah. good. Yeah. And Fertitta loves Trump. That, they yeah. Have that like low res Paul Pierce uh, rocket emoji <laughs> as their logo. In fact, the actual U.S. Space Force should have that as their logo as well. Trump's like, this looks like a blueprint to me. <laughs> Uh, question 824. Which school did Lillian Haas coach for a record 29 years? Which school did Lillian? Sean. Sean. Vanderbilt. I'm sorry, it is not Vanderbilt. Inter- good guess. Five, four, three... Why can't I even name a school? It's Drexel. (laughs) Drexel University. Not to be confused with Drexler, a longtime all-star guard for the Portland Trailblazers. We are looking for takes on Drexel University at Lillian Haas or Clyde Drexler. Start with you, Joey. Uh, My favorite Clyde Drexler story is in the Dream Team book, and it's Clyde Drexler, Charles Barkley, and um, uh, Jack McCallum and, like, some assistant coach went golfing, and one of them is driving, like, insanely, and they almost get in a crash, and they're all scared, and then Clyde Drexler is, like, joking. He Clyde Drexler starts joking about how if they died in that car crash, it would be two NBA All-Stars die... And then in the lower part, it would mention Jack McCallum and the assistant coach. And then Charles Barkley goes, Charles, who are you kidding? It would say Charles Barkley died. (laughs) More of a Charles Barkley story, but what are you going to do? What story isn't a Charles Barkley story? Uh, Three points. Uh, Keith. Uh, Not knowing anything about Drexel, how else to go with Drexler? I'm I'm hopeful that uh, newest Atlanta Hawk Trey Young embraces some of the style of, of Clyde Drexler, and I, I'm hoping Trey Young goes fully bald, just lets it roll, and goes a little mustache to keep kind of that like I don't know, keeps the Clyde look, brings it back around. The 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 the, the I am a 40 year old man playing in <laughs> yeah. the NBA look. Yeah, you yeah. know what? I agree with Keith on that one. Three points, Sean Keen. Uh, so I'm going to talk about Drexel, just because I think they are the Drexel Dragons, which would be a good G League team. Uh, I would suggest maybe the 76ers think about that. Uh, but also their mascot is Mario the Magnificent, which is uh, pretty incredible, but also should be Mario Hazonia's nickname. No, it should be Mario Hazonia's nickname. That's pretty good. Yeah. He has a better also, nickname than that, though. His nickname's the Block Mamba. Hazonia? Clever. Yeah, after like the uh, like a like a block like you'd live in in Eastern Europe. Oh, B L O C. Yeah. 
just, it feels weird because block is also uh, a basketball term, and he doesn't block shots because yeah, even a little bit defense. Yeah. And it's, I guess he's on the uh, Knicks now, but I was thinking very confusing with the Magic having a Mo Bamba and a Block Mamba. But anyway, I can't believe I can't believe I'm so glad his own is on the Knicks. Finally, he's going to be dope, dude. A team, a team that will appreciate. <laughs> What he's bringing. To he's going to go on one of those weird talk shows that Nick's, uh, Nick's uh, people always go on and say some wild shit, I bet. <laughs> uh, speaking, of, speaking of Nick's talk shows, just for a second, I, I'm, I'm here to accept any takes you guys have about Kevin Durant roasting CJ McCollum on his own podcast. Oh. It was like, it was like a very Portland Trailblazers thing in general, where like... The idea is really cool in theory, and it's likable, but then, like, when it comes down to crunch time... I mean, CJ basically, on his podcast, did the equivalent of losing ten playoff games in a row. <coughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, don't, don't you think... He, like, he... It just... It sounds like... I like the Blazers, too, but then CJ's like, yeah, yeah, we're a contender, and it's yeah, like... dude. No, you, you really And then Durant just like, laughs in his face. And then, and then even the Twitter thing where he was like, oh, he's like a guy who would beat... Kevin Durant's like a guy who would beat up his brother after they got mugged, and it's like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about, dude? Like... It's it's just it's amazing the amount of just like general shit that things associated with the Portland Trailblazers like I think it's because they have like fun fans on the internet but also you just get these like crazy reactions yeah, Luna, to things yeah, yeah, there's from some, Blazer people too. There's like, a lunatic like, or two. No yeah. one was even talking about uh, Jake Lehman and you're acting like he's your son. <laughs> Any, uh, 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 anyway, so CJ shouldn't have a podcast and no active NBA players. Should. Yeah, come on, dude. Speaking is for people that's, with podcasts. It's a pathetic act. That's sad. what I was gonna bring up. Uh, you don't have anything better to do than that. Is having done stand-up comedy for ten years. I'll tell. I would like to give Kevin Durant this piece of advice. Uh, is no matter how angry you are. Yelling at someone, I just did your fucking podcast, is never worth it. (laughs) (laughs) Keith, do you have any takes? Uh, Not really. I did, for the one article a a week I read, I read your take, Corbin. Hell yeah. On Vice Sports, and uh, I feel like you kind of nailed it. It was a... it was just sad. It made me feel sad all over for the Blazers. People like, are it made me out that at the beginning, Durant says, hey, man, you'd probably be a pretty good six man, huh? Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and CJ is just, like, openly angry about it, at least in part because Durant is uh, right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, like, on a, on a team that actually was a contender, CJ McCollum's, like, the best six man in the league. Yeah, of course he is. He's tiny. He's too small to play point. He's not skilled. He's not good enough at passing to play point guard, and he's too small to play shooting guard. Like, come on. I mean, he still rules. Don't get me wrong. I love watching him play. He's fine. But yeah, he's he's, he's like Monte Ellis. <laughs> that's that's fine. honestly unfair to Monte Ellis, who was <laughs> inspiring. You know what I mean? 
Like, who, like, meant something to you? You know what I mean? Yeah, Monte I mean, Ellis didn't have a fucking podcast. Well, the ultimate, <laughs> the ultimate Monte Ellis moment, I think, was when the the Warriors played the Blazers in this game where everybody got hurt and they literally only had five players. And Curry, this is like Curry's rookie year, and Curry and Ellis both played all 48 minutes and they pulled out the victory. Hell yeah. And like the end of the game was just them emotionally hugging each other after this, like it's like the second to last game yeah. of the season. And the end result was that the Warriors dropped in the lottery uh. and getting Boogie <laughs> Cousins, they got XK Udo. And that's like the the Monte Ellis experience where you're like, I love what this guy's doing. He's leaving it all on the floor. This is not helping anything. This is not working at all. At one point in that game, so they only have five players, uh, Anthony Tolliver fouls out, and they have to put an injured Devin George in for one play uh-huh. so they can now put the fouled-out Anthony Tolliver back in because there's yeah, some weird it's... rule. Yeah, because you can – and so they – I think that you just shoot a technical and you can keep the guy in. So, yeah, they – two different guys with me in. Wait, really? Came in. Then why don't yeah. people do that more often? Because it's crazy. Because it means you only have five healthy players, literally. <laughs> well, yeah, but why don't we, wait? Oh, it's only if you only have five healthy players. So basically, they the guy fouled out. They brought in a guy with a severe knee injury to just come in and commit a foul. And once he was like, I think they have to maybe send that guy to the locker room. But then they shoot a technical and bring in the fouled out. God, guy. do you miss? Anyway, do you miss the real twice. Warriors guys? Yes. Oh, I'm I'm I I. I I weep for Don Nelson on a daily basis. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't change that they have. I really like their team now, but it's just a weird. Like I should, I feel like I should be. Our podcast should just be only about the carnival nature of the NBA, which it mostly is, but it really should be from the outside because occasionally, like the podcast will come up and they're like, "Well, how do you think your team will do in the NBA Finals, Sean and Joey?" And we're like, eh, "We grew up only talking about nonsense." <laughs> <laughs> what well, if if Monte Ellis hadn't pulled that game out and you guys had ended up with Ekbe Udo, you guys wouldn't have won any championships. But now you've won championships. And you get DeMarcus Cousins after a yeah, long Yeah, it's run. really weird. Really weird. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. CJ McCollum is really upset about it. Yeah. So <laughs> upset that he called DeMarcus <laughs> and then complained about it to Kevin Durant, who proceeded to bury him. I mean, that's like, like, like call him before he signs. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Or just don't broadcast. Also, another that you, that great yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, or just shut up. <laughs> That's the thing. There's nothing to be gained by complaining about it, dude. Especially to Kevin Durant. Like, it's not like Kevin Durant's the general manager. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, call your friend Neil, the guy who could sign Boogie Cousins. Yeah, the guy who's been doing an insanely shitty job, at least in part because he just refuses to trade C.J. McCollum. Uh, did, uh, did, did Nerf re-up yet? Yeah, he did. And that's the other thing, too, is that in that conversation, Durant's like... Uh, yeah, but you already have Nurk on your team. Do you not want Nurk? And he's like, and McCollum's like, no, no. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, he's like, I want them both. Yeah, <laughs> that's what he says. Yeah, he says we could have played them both at the same time. It's just like CJ. Like you can barely play Nurkic with a regular power forward. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, I also like Nurkic. I, I feel like I'm I'm trashing these guys that I enjoy, but 
Corbin, I, put, I have a question. Oh, go ahead, Sean. Yeah, I put I put uh, I put Nurkic in a uh, in my article about NBA players who should have reality shows, though. So. He should. That is true. Corbin, I have a question for you about Neil Olshay. Uh huh. So he was an actor before he was a GM, right? What? what? I didn't know this. Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah, yeah. I was well. I was going to ask you if you thought Neil Olshay was a better actor or a general manager, but um. I guess that answered my question. No, I'll have to track down some of his work and get back to you on that. Uh, next uh, question, number 66. Which NBA has the largest arena capacity of all time? Joey. Joey. Uh, is it the Oracle Arena? I'm sorry, it is not the Oracle Arena. Keith. Keith. Is it the New Orleans Jazz? I'm sorry, it is not the New Orleans Jazz. Uh, uh, Sean. Sean. I think it was the Omni in Atlanta. I'm sorry, it is not the Omni. It is the Palace. Oh, yeah. oh. yeah. That's why that brawl got so crazy. Yeah, because there <laughs> were 20,000 people, people there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sadly gone from this world, uh, replaced by the fucking Little Caesars Arena. Uh, uh, but not even the United Center, Chicago's uh, monstrosity, it can trumpet insofar as holding people is concerned. Looking for takes on the Palace. Keith, uh, the palace was the, the home of my uh, first love in the NBA, the Bad Boy Pistons. So I got I got nothing but fond feelings of uh, lame beer, launching threes, launching some uh, you know some clotheslines, knocking out some Larry Bird, uh, John the Spider, Sally, Dennis the Worm, Rodman, Vinny the Microwave, Johnson. Uh, yeah, so Isaiah I, I the was... Isaiah the serial harasser, Thomas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isaiah, the uh, high-placed WNBA executive harasser, Thomas. Uh, which, by the way, why doesn't the NBA distance themselves from these? I don't know. It seems strange. Every time I see Isaiah Thomas on NBA TV constantly yeah, or at NBA Summer League or even, I mean, taking it away from, like, the uh, Me Too movement, like Rex Chapman, he uh, oh, shoplifted yeah. Apple stores. And yet, of all the thousands of NBA, ex-NBA players who want to have a, a career broadcasting, like Rex Chapman, let's give him a shot. All right, he's yeah. great. Let's put him on. Shoplifting's fucking cool, though. Yeah, well, shoplifting is, is cool. I get nervous when Roz is on with Isaiah. Just like, come on. Leave her alone, Isaiah. Uh, uh, two points. J- JD. Uh, the, the biggest thing we lost at the Malice in the Palace was that guy holding Jamal Tinsley back running back out with the dustpan because there's nothing more that I've ever wanted to see in my entire life than Jamal Tinsley trying to fight 27,000 people with a dustpan. I have no idea what you're talking about. One at point. the end, okay, at the okay. end of the Malice in the Palace, they've gotten everybody off the court that, that camera in the tunnel then shows Jamal Tinsley swinging a dustpan going to oh, run yeah. back out into the arena. Imagine Jon Snow at the Battle of the Bastards. The, the <laughs> horse, that's, yeah. Uh, two points, Joey. Sean Keen. Well, you know, Joey, Jamal Tinsley does still wield a dustpan in his current job as a janitor. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Oh! Got him! Um, I like that the city of Detroit uh, recently was like, you know, this is a pretty bad economic downturn. Things are going pretty badly. 
What we need is another giant, oversized, unused building in Detroit. And that's what the Palace of Auburn Hills is now. Uh, and I feel like probably some hipsters are going to turn it into like a community garden slash brew pub. Hey, Roller hey, rink. Worst thing something could be, man. <laughs> Nobody. I, I love a good community garden. Uh, and now I'm, now I'm kind of into the idea and I want to invest. Two points for Sean Keane. Question number 418. What is Western Michigan's mascot? Oh my god. Five, four. Keith. Keith. The Eagles? I'm sorry, it is not the Eagles. Three, two. Sean. Beaver. Sean. Uh, well, you said Beaver, Joey. Yeah, I did say Beaver. <laughs> sorry, it's not a Beaver. Joey can Sean. Uh, the. Minutemen. Sorry, it's not the Minutemen. It's the Broncos! Like a horse. Please offer takes on Broncos. Keen. So, I don't totally understand what a Bronco is outside it being attached to the word bucking and it being like the Denver mascot. And I'm just going to talk about Denver because I wouldn't have thought of I, I as a kid did not really associate denver or colorado with horses so i assumed it was like a john elway thing just because because he looks like his a face big and horse. head yeah. are so horse-like yeah and then but then it's like they have that scary horse at the airport so it's like it's because of some illuminati reasons but i, mm-hmm. I prefer to think it's john elway's face uh th- three points uh keith i don't know <laughs> well, I was thinking of the Illuminati setting up the Denver airport in the uh, very phallic shape, directing all that energy coming off the, the runways. But I don't know if you've ever watched that YouTube video. Highly recommend uh, Denver Airport Phallus. Uh, that's, that's your search. Uh, Bronco. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't the, don't I, do I, that I, search on Pornhub unless you want to see some pictures of me I'm not proud of. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking my my immediate word association with Bronco is AJ Cowling and the uh, you know the '94 Finals with with OJ driving through there. So not so much a take as a horrible recollection. One point, Divine. Um, I don't really have anything to say about Broncos. I'm gonna pass on this one. Good play. Uh. <laughs> Question 169. All right. Yeah. Uh, Who was the first African-American ever signed by an NBA team? You guys really not know this? Okay. Bill Russell? I'm sorry. No. Uh, Do you guys? Uh, Russell. I'm sorry, it's not Cassie Russell. Do you have? Do you Keith, have a guess, Keith? Sam Jones. Sam Jones. I'm sorry, it's not Sam Jones. It is Nat, Nat Sweetwater Clifton. Yeah, we should have oh. known that. Yeah, after playing for the Rens and your Harlem Globetrotters in the '40s, the Knicks scooped him up in 1950. He's an All Star in '57 uh, while playing with the Fort Wayne Pistons. Clifton also played softball. For the Brown Bombers and Capitol Records team of the Daddy-O Daily League and introduced and was introdu- inducted into the Chicago 16-inch softball Hall of Fame. Uh, let's go to Vine. Um, I saw the Harlem Globetrotters once for my 10th birthday 
And I gotta say that water, the the bucket of water gag, still gets me every time. <laughs> Hell yeah! It's full of confetti. Three points. You think it's gonna be water, but it's confetti. <laughs> and that could not be more of a three point take, Keen. Um, I I love that the Globetrotters. I feel like they've affected the spirit of the NBA much more than you would expect. Like a weird barnstorming team and i feel like it's like the main thing that differentiates uh basketball and baseball just philosophically is that the harlem globetrotters are like a legitimate tenable thing that people love and i can't even imagine like silly baseball but they just like baseball used to have literal clowns on the field you know like like they didn't have base coaches really it was just like that guy's in the box and he's gonna dance around because baseball's boring and now it's like white guys threatening to fight minorities if they flip their bats too much. So, Globes, yes. Baseball, no. Four-point take. Uh, Keith. Well, I think the main reason we uh, we remembered Nat Clifton uh, wouldn't exist if Anthony Randolph could have gotten his hands on that time machine to go back to the Two points. Uh, he would reestablish the color line. <laughs> Question 438. Which school was the last to spend the entire season at number one in the AP pool? Poll. Joey. Joey. North Carolina. Sorry, it's not North Carolina. Sean. Sean. Uh, Kentucky. I'm sorry, it is not Kentucky. Oh. Uh, Keith. Keith. Duke. Duke. Uh, it's Duke. Uh, oh, a truly, man. in 1992, a truly oh, loathsome wow. squad <laughs> that featured Christian Leitner, Grant Hill, and the most disgusting basketball player who ever lived. One Mr. Robert Hurley. Let's hear some, <laughs> let's hear some takes on the 1992 Duke Blue Devils, Keith. Uh, a team so loathsome that as a 12-year-old, I found myself rooting for the okay. Kentucky uh, Wildcats. I, I, I hated the Blue, Blue Devils so much that I was pulling for, I believe, was that Jamal Mashburn's team? I don't. That remember. was Jamal Mashburn's team. Christian Leitner stomped on his chest and yeah, yes. get ejected from that game. Peace. Fuck Leitner. Uh, th- three points, Keith. Uh, Sean. Uh one thing that, like, you you think this team is, like, as loathsome as it gets, like, just peak floor slapping, peach, peak Coach K, peak, like, secretly dirty players. And then you realize that Bobby Hurley's dad is, like, a legendary high school basketball coach. And I think that uh, Woj wrote a book about him. And it's, like, the perfect storm of awful middle-aged white basketball like no college basketball isn't enough we need to go to parochial catholic high school basketball to see the true heart of the game with bobby hurley's fucking dad mm-hmm. yeah isn't high school jr smith in that book yeah it's uh the miracle at st anthony's before four, he yeah. became a blood four, in new jersey four point <laughs> take divine uh, uh i think the craziest thing about christian leitner is that Everyone in America knew he was a bad, terrible guy and hated him. And yet somehow, like 20 years later, was arrested for like 
was uh, was in trouble for like running a pyramid scheme. Uh oh. Uh oh. He uh, also lost a bunch of money trying to buy the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, but that was also like part of his <laughs> like part financial of scams. Yeah. yeah. He was like a he uh, like he somehow was able to trick people into giving him money and then losing it all. Uh, Fuck God. Christian Leitner. <laughs> Wasn't there a point when Danny Ferry and Christian Leitner were Duke teammates? Sounds right. Yeah, that yeah. sounds correct oh. to me. Two bad people. Uh, two points, Joey. Uh, next question. Uh, in an episode of uh, number 862, in an episode of Seinfeld, Cosmo Kramer describes attending an NBA game and getting into a fight with which player? Joey. Joey. Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller. That's right. Cheryl's little brother. Joey, do you have a take on either of these things? Uh, (laughs) I do have a take on uh, Reggie Miller. Uh, Reggie Miller is... uh, Player Reggie Miller was super cool. Uh, One of my first basketball memories is watching the Spike Lee choke game by myself at, like... I was at a, my parents were at like a dinner and I was in an unfamiliar house watching basketball in the basement by myself. And like, I couldn't, I was so beside myself at what I was watching that I had to run up and interrupt the dinner party. And they were like, we don't care about what Reggie Miller's doing right now. The adults are talking. They were wrong. (laughs) Uh, Three points. Uh, Keith. Reggie Miller was one of my favorite players growing up who has since ruined himself in all my memories. <laughs> God, come on. Every time he speaks on the television, Jesus it makes me Christ. angry. It's hard to remember that. Uh, like, I remember pulling for him against the Bulls, him doing that little crazy circle dance where he jumped up and down and created that three-pointer <laughs> on the Pacers. But again, yeah, loved the guy. I was crazy for that, like, always cheering for him against the, the Bulls and against the Knicks. And then now it's hard to even remember how much, I don't know, I feel with ire when when he comes on my television screen with his, I don't know, annoying voice and uh, just always condescending takes on basketball. Well, Keith, if you hate him on television, you'll really hate him in Uncle Drew. (laughs) Keith, that is a one point take. This is a pro Reggie Miller on TV podcast. He has a good <laughs> attitude. Uh, Sean, uh, I'm I'm not going to say what I was thinking about Reggie Miller's TV performance, but I do want you to consider what a nightmare it would be to be in the locker room of the late '90s Indiana Pacers. Oh yeah, where Fuck you that. have to listen to Reggie Miller and Mark Jackson. Yeah. And your coach is Larry Brown. Fuck that. <laughs> Please kill me. Like, oh, my God. Detlef Shrimp getting traded to Seattle. He's like, uh, George Carl and Gary Payton. This is still better. This is still better. At least they're yelling at me and they make sense. It's not just like Mark Jackson being like, you got to go to the hole because a butterfly needs to be respected. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you one thing about Mark Jackson. That guy does not go to the hole, if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, He's just backing in the whole time, right? Yeah. And he turns around at the last second and finishes. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I hated that. I hated that. <laughs> Honestly, I respected it. I'm going to give you an extra point for it. 
four points. Uh, which team drafted Dominique Wilkins? Sean. Joey. Uh, I believe it was the San Diego Clippers. I'm sorry, it is not the San Diego Clippers. Keith. Keith. Is it not the Hawks? It is not the Hawks. All right, fair. Uh, oh, hey, no, Keith, know. you know what? I respect that guess, though. Joey, what's your guess? <laughs> My guess was also going to be the Hawks, but let's say the Boston Celtics. I'm sorry, it is the, the Jazz. Utah Jazz. Yeah. They couldn't afford him, so he got shipped off to Atlanta, which was probably good for him because uh, Dominique Wilkins playing in Salt Lake City would have been fucking oh, the weirdest man. shit imaginable. That would have been he does so a windmill depressing. dunk, and everybody just starts booing. <laughs> Throw a bounce pass. <laughs> Why do you think you're better than us? He's like, hey, hey, I'm going to go out and have sex tonight. And then the whole city just yells, fuck you. Yeah, in retrospect, one of the weirdest things that happened is Andre Kirilenko spent his entire prime at the Utah Jazz. Yeah, very strange. Considering what an unbelievably horny man he is. Uh, uh, Takes, takes, takes. Uh, Keith, Uh, I don't know. um, Go ahead. Oh, was that a Keith? All right, yeah, yeah. whatever. Sorry, uh, Dominic Wilkins, one of the uh, one of the few players who I randomly have run into the most in non NBA <laughs> cities. I've seen him twice in Nashville. I don't know why he was in Nashville. Yeah, I know why he was in Nashville. Covering a Georgia basketball game. Oh yeah, uh, I saw him. <laughs> I saw him at a pancake pantry, uh, eat, eating a fine stack of flapjacks. And then I also saw him uh, a couple weeks ago at the craps table in Las Vegas. So, uh, Dominic Wilkins, NBA player I've run into the most. Yeah, probably because he loves to party. And so does Keith. Joey. Dominic Wilkins was so amazing that in second grade, this guy, Matt Montoya, told me that he did a front flip in the dunk contest against Michael Jordan. And I believed him until like ninth grade. Uh, yeah, three points. Keen. Uh, I think it's a shame he did not get to stay with the Jazz because now his untalented son isn't going to get a series of NBA. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, five point take. Uh, next question. Uh, in 1957-58, four of the top eight Division One scores went on to become NBS All Stars. <laughs> Name them. Wait, what? In 1957-58, four of the top eight Division One scores went on to become NBA All-Stars. Name them. No. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Sean, go ahead. Okay. Wilt Chamberlain. Oh, you know what? How about this? I'll, if, I'll give you... I'll give you two points if you can get three, and I'll give you three if you can get four. Okay. Wilt Chamberlain? Uh-huh. Uh, he's not right. Is that, is that right? No, that is correct. Oh, oh, he is correct. Okay. Um, uh, Christian Leitner? I'm sorry, not <laughs> Christian Leitner. Uh, David Thompson? No. God, come on. All right. And uh, and Jerry West. Oh, go to hell. Uh, no, it was Oscar Robinson, who was number one. Elgin Paler, who was number three. Wilt Chamberlain, who was number five. And Bailey Howell, uh, who was number eight. You're probably familiar with the first three. Uh, I guess you. 
Howell played for the Pistons and the Bullets and won two titles uh, with the 68 and 69 Celtics, meaning that he claimed a victory over the fraud Jerry West, making him A-OK in my book. Hell yeah. Love to have children on the podcast. Come That's on. all I hear. All I Those seemed like gettable names, except for that last one, Huel Hauser or whatever that guy's name was. Yeah, ba- Bailey Howell. Takes, 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 takes. Joey, you first. Um, Oscar Robertson is a uh, weird character in the NBA, I feel like, where he seems depressed all the time, mm-hmm. and he's like, People only ever talk to him, like, once a year, and his take is always, like, Steph Curry fucking sucks. (laughs) Um, uh, Which just seems like a strange... uh, It's, like, a strange thing for, like, a very, very old man. Uh, Where, like, once a year we, like, bring him out to talk about how much he Steph hates... fucking uh, garbage. How much he hates three-point shooting. (laughs) Is he wrong, though? Two points, uh, Keith. <laughs> yeah, I would say El- Elgin Baylor. What he he served a lot of time uh, working for disgraced Clippers uh, owner Donald Sterling. A lot of bad so, sweaters too. He wore. Yeah, oh, lot, lot, lot of bad sweaters. Hideous sweaters. <laughs> so I don't know why we should, we yeah we need to get more ta- takes on him on, on current day. Uh, I don't know C- current day ownerships. I guess. Maybe about the Dallas Mavericks and, and their issues in their front office and their now their new PR story about uh, having a pregnant woman coach, yeah, like giving birth. So we're sweeping all their uh, sexual misdeeds under under the carpet with this new PR round. So Elgin Baylor, let's let's get that guy more of a more of a microphone. Uh, one, he two, is, three, he, Sean. Yeah, uh, I can't believe that Wilt Chamberlain was not number one on the scoring record. Yeah, a little weird. Because uh, little weird. you'd think he would have racked up like three to 4,000 ladies in his time, but I guess that was Kansas. So. Zero points. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got to get out of here soon, guys. Yeah, I got, I got, I got two minutes. You got two minutes? Okay, then we're going to do one more question. Question 171 Which Caucasian has scored the most points in an NBA game? Joey. Joey. Uh, Larry Bird. I'm sorry, it's not Larry Bird. Sean. Sean. Uh, George Meekin. I'm sorry, it's not Mikan. Whoa. Uh, Keith. Keith. Pete Maravich. I'm sorry, it's not it? Pistol Pete Maravich. It is, is it Tom Love? Chambers. Tom oh Chambers. my god! On March 24th against the Seattle SuperSonics. Very quick talk. To- very quick takes on Tom Chambers. Who's got him? Uh, Tom Chambers was super dope on All-Star Basketball for the original Game Boy because he could both dunk and shoot threes, which was not the case for most of the players in the game. Uh, So I always played as Tom Chambers. Three points, Keith. Uh, He had a sweet Cobra Kai haircut, which I would like to see make a return. Uh, Two points, Sean. Great. Yep, guess Sean's done. <laughs> Sorry, I, I got back on now. Sorry, my connection cut out. I I hey, I'm mad at you. <laughs> Am I supposed to do a Chambers take? Yeah, if you have Chambers one, I take. guess. I mean, him. I I love that he won the MVP of the most talented All Star game in history, according to Bill Simmons in 1987. Uh, but also, he kind of looked like like a surf bum 
that just got super soldier serum <laughs> and, like, grew. It's got a little Dolph Lundgren. Uh... Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be surprised master's degree in science oh hell yeah you just degraded into the weird one (laughs) (laughs) all right i've done the final tabulations our final scores are keith Parrish 39 joey divine 41 and your winner sean keen with 46 points Uh, oh wow sean for your reward you get to take care of a child (laughs) Uh, wait say that one more time sorry no uh i won't uh fast break breakfast is keith's podcast listen to it it's very good uh round ball rock is sean and joey's podcast it's uh, fine uh God, fuck you dude. i'm sorry it's really good i apologize i really like round ball rock and i really like fast break breakfast uh subscribe uh, please rate and review this podcast on itunes subscribe to our patreon patreon.com slash take it or break it uh, I'm Corbin A. Smith. Uh, everybody, did you, did, did you think about making it Patreon.com/slash Smith Wilms just to troll uh, that other Patreon? What? You know, uh, Duncan Larue. Patreon.com/slash Duncan Larue. Oh, I, I, you know, I, I didn't know that that's what they did. I yeah, thought it was a. Thro- I thought you were throwing back to that Drexel. Those two Drexel players. Oh. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. Floyd and Floyd and Trevi. Uh, do we have any Nate Duncan takes before we hang up? I haven't been listening. Oh. <laughs> Damn. All right. Everybody have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.